Fizz. Fizz. Let's go. Hello, hello, my awesome, amazing Fit Fizz friends. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving in America, and it's pretty typical to end up having many social events from now until the end of the year where food is usually involved. And I know that can stir up a lot of stressful feelings for some people. So while I don't have anything groundbreaking to share today, I'm hoping this will be some encouragement and also some tough love for anyone who either has anxiety about food leading up to these events or for anyone who deals with guilt or shame surrounding food after any of these events. Sometimes just having a reminder or having things said in a new way can be all that you need to keep things in perspective. In case you're new to FitFizz, I'm Kelly Wilson, owner of FitFizzStudio.com, and I'm a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years. I just realized it was over 25 just recently, so it's kind of crazy even to me. And I am here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. All right. I touched on this topic a little bit on Halloween with a Facebook Live video that I did, and some of what I said about Halloween candy is going to be totally applicable to all of these year-end holiday social gatherings. The first big important thing that I really want to emphasize right away is that I am all for you thoroughly enjoying yourself with with or without as much food or dessert as you want. You have every right to indulge as much as you want to. And even though I am a nutrition coach, I am not out to change anyone who doesn't want to change for themselves. But above all of that, as I always mention in my introduction, I am a behavior change specialist. And part of what that entails is behavior change around food or workout habits. And so much about that is also it's having a healthy mindset, not a restrictive mindset, not a no dessert ever mindset, but knowing what's reasonable, what's healthy, and how to question yourself and your thoughts around food and exercise. One thing that really fascinates me a lot is all of the psychology about eating and relationships with food because it goes really deep, a lot deeper than a lot of people realize. Now, there are many things that people say or do that actually represent an unhealthy relationship with food, but they're things that are so widely accepted. So part of what I'm talking about today is pointing out those things because sometimes they're right in front of our face and we don't even realize that they're there or that they're doing harm. It's kind of like if you've ever driven a certain route to go someplace that you go to on a regular basis, then one day all of a sudden you're like, huh, I never noticed that picnic table there before. Has that always been there? And yes, it was always there but your eyes were not totally open to your surroundings. So things that make unhealthy relationships with food are kind of like that. 
they can be so normalized that you don't even realize it. And it can have a negative impact on others around you as well. For example, the term guilty pleasure. That's a common phrase, right? But let's break that down and take a look at what it's saying, though. It's basically saying, oh, there's guilt here, which represents something bad, something that shouldn't be taking place. There isn't any real pleasure here because look at how bad I'm being if I'm about to have a second piece of chocolate cake. So if you're putting that label on something that you're eating, in my opinion, that's an unhealthy relationship with food. Food should not be problematic like that. It's not necessary to create those kind of problems, those kinds of problems. Food can be used for fuel. Food can be used for fun. And you can either indulge or you can choose not to. Either is fine. But as an adult, you should be taking responsibility for your own choices, right? In a way, if you label food as a guilty pleasure, it's kind of like shrugging off responsibility for what, for what you're eating. It's kind of like you're saying, ooh, look at me being so bad and I don't have a choice and I certainly don't have control over this bad behavior of mine. But that's not true. It is your choice. And that's how eating habits start to wiggle their way out of control and into the zone of questionable disordered eating habits. So you might as well enjoy it without the guilt. You're not bad or naughty for eating anything. It's simply a choice. There should be no guilt. Oftentimes there's just too much emotion around food and food really should not be an emotional thing. So if you want to enjoy more dessert than you normally would, do it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Instead of a guilty pleasure, let there be pleasure. No guilt. So if you're thinking maybe it's impossible to remove the guilt, if you're thinking that way, that is a huge sign that it's time for some deeply honest introspection about your relationship with food and why you tend to think and feel that way. If you do feel guilty or feel a sense of shame kind of wash over you after a holiday party or a social event, what is that really? Most likely, that guilty feeling is because you let yourself down in some kind of way. You're disappointed in yourself, your choices and your boundaries. Maybe you pushed your goals to the side and you were doing so well. So if you know you're that kind of person who is going to come out on the other side of holiday parties, having gained 12 pounds and feeling depressed about it, or mentally beating yourself up because your pants are suddenly too tight, then I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be that way. You can make a plan so that you don't set yourself up for destruction. And hey, if you indulge at many holiday parties and if you gain 15 pounds and you don't care one bit, then cool. That's cool too. Have a blast. But if you do mentally struggle with that kind of thing, what you need to do is set some boundaries and stick to them. And here's an important part. Have no shame in saying no to people. I have to admit, once you step into your own power about telling people to back down with their pushiness around food, it can be kind of fun. But it does take some practice and you might have to practice it out loud or with a friend or in the mirror 
if you always end up giving in when people push food or dessert on you and then afterwards you end up feeling terrible, mentally or physically terrible. So holiday time doesn't have to equate utter derailment of your goals, even whatever your goals are, weight loss goals, nutrition goals. Basically, the best thing you can do is decide ahead of time how much indulgence you can handle without feeling bad about it later. That is your limit. And that is what you need to gain awareness of. Is it one double frosted fudge cookie? Is that as much as you can eat without feeling guilty? Where is that spot where guilt or regret start to take over? Is it maybe two giant scoops of mashed potatoes with lots of extra gravy? Maybe that's your limit. Or is it a half of a pie? Everybody's limit is different. But what is your limit? Really ask yourself and define it ahead of time. Define it for food. Define it for dessert. Define it for snacks. Where are those limits for you to be able to enjoy food and not starting to feel bad about it. If you don't even know where that line is, then it's going to be really hard to stop yourself before it's too late and the guilty negative self-talk begins to happen. So again, really ask yourself, where is that limit? And the limit might change from day to day. So as you're driving to a holiday party or getting ready to go into the potluck at work or whatever it is, ask yourself where that limit is and just have the awareness so that you can be in control and stay in control. And as I'm sitting here telling you all of this, I can imagine someone in my head saying, eh, I don't really have guilt. I just eat whatever I want. And then I burn it all off with lots of cardio later. Listen to me. This is important. That kind of mindset is called having an unhealthy relationship with food. It's true. Sure, food and exercise work in tandem for overall health, but using exercise as a crutch to allow yourself to go overboard with food does not make a healthy relationship with food. Letting yourself repeatedly do that with food is most definitely not healthy. And if you do this every single time and you have regret about eating too much and eating more than you're comfortable with every time, that is really having an unhealthy relationship with food, especially if you're not already in a habit of working out or doing cardio already. And yet this type of behavior is widely accepted, right? And it's commonly laughed about on social media or between friends like, ah, it's okay, I'll just do an extra hour of cardio tomorrow. That is an unhealthy relationship with food. And you know what else? I'm giving you some tough love here. If you're listening to me say this right now and you're kind of squirming and a little uncomfortable and thinking like, eh, whatever, Kelly, I do that and my relationship is just fine. My relationship with food is just fine and I'm going to keep doing it because that's what works for me. If that's you right now, you're the one who needs to think a bit more deeply about this whole thing. Because where does it end? That all can fall into the category of disordered eating habits. It absolutely is true. And I don't want that for you. And you shouldn't want that for you either. If you have a long history of that kind of behavior, the longer back it goes, the more I encourage you to try to stop that cycle and trade it for healthier behaviors with food and exercise. Believe me when I say I know this thought process. 
The next thought will be something like, oh, great. So what am I supposed to do, Kelly? Just pig out and hate myself and allow myself to turn into a blob and don't try to burn it off the next day? Well, maybe. If that's what it would take for you to break the cycle and sit with your thoughts and why you allow yourself to eat to a point of feeling terrible about yourself, then depend on this unhealthy mindset of thinking you can burn it all off and that's totally normal. Breaking the cycle by not allowing it would certainly be healthier than not allowing it to continue. Now, it's one thing if you're already going to the gym regularly and you may overeat and instead of doing your normally planned workout, you just add on maybe another 10 or 15 minutes of cardio, nothing crazy or nothing drastic. If it's nothing drastic compared to your normal activity level, that's not such a big deal. But if you don't even know the last time that you had some intense physical activity and you say, "Uh, I'll just go ahead and eat four pieces of pie and I'll just go run five miles in the morning like I did last year, the day after Thanksgiving, then that is the highly questionable zone. And if you're not convinced that some of these types of behaviors are unhealthy and you don't care about changing for yourself, think about the people around you because these widely accepted habits started somewhere. Because somebody said something like, wow, I'm stuffed. I'm just going to eat another whole plateful and I'll just make sure I burn it all off next week. Somebody impressionable, whether it's teenagers, kids, coworkers, who might have never had unhealthy relationships with food in the past, might have somewhere at some point, somebody impressionable heard somebody say that kind of thing. And they think to themselves, hmm, so that's what people do. I guess that's normal. I guess I'll try that too. And that's how these unhealthy behaviors are passed on and normalized. All of this stuff rubs off on friends, family, and kids. So if you normalize that kind of stuff, it's not only important to get it in check for yourself, but so that you're not sending signals that unhealthy behavior is normal to those around you or those that you care about. It is a proven fact that The decision-making part of the brain is not fully developed until around age 26 or 27 in most people. So if you're normalizing that kind of thing around kids, teenagers, or even people in their early 20s, you're essentially perpetuating unhealthy relationships with food. You don't want to be that person, do you? Everyone's always talking about, oh, we have such an issue with mental health in this country and it's so sad. And yeah, it is sad. So here's one little sliver of a difference that you can really make. So if you don't really care about changing for yourself, care about the messages that you send to others. And you can make a difference by not participating in conversations that go in that direction of having an unhealthy relationship with food. That's what I do when I hear comments, usually in workplaces where people joke about that kind of thing. If you laugh along with it, it means you endorse it. So I challenge you to not endorse it, whether it's laughing along when people joke about how they'll burn it off, or maybe it's by refraining from liking social media posts that endorse the ideas of like, oh, look at this huge table of food that's going to put me into a coma later. Ha ha ha. That all really has to do with mental health. And all of these little things matter when you look at the big picture. So not to be a total downer, I want you to have fun and eat without guilt. I seriously want you to enjoy 
every morsel of delicious food. But I want you to take responsibility for it. Check yourself if you find yourself eating out of control and take the time to get deeply honest about why you allow it to happen if it leaves you feeling awful about yourself. And if it's too late, if you find yourself enjoying your time and suddenly you're like, how did I eat so many cookies? It's okay. Just let it go. You can't change it. Let it go. Do your best to not feel guilty and just be like, well, I enjoyed that and just live with it. Make a plan ahead of time if you're worried about it. Set boundaries, stick to them, and don't let food pushers have their way. They don't have to live with your goals or your thought process, and you don't have to even explain it to them. Don't be afraid to make food pushers uncomfortable if they won't take no for an answer. And I'm so serious. You can say something like, no means no, Carol. I do not consent to your disrespect of my boundaries. And you can say it as lighthearted or as stone-faced as you need to in order to get your point across. Also, don't be the food pusher. Seriously, nobody, absolutely nobody wants, likes, or appreciates the food pusher. But for some reason, there always seems to be one, right? All right. So for some quick tried and true methods that, to help you combat overeating, if you're still worried about it, number one, drink lots of water. Water, water, water. Drink it before, during, and after meals, before, during, and after parties. Fiber. It's filling. It's going to help you poop. It's going to help you digest. Reach for the vegetables that get your fiber. Number three, also avoid the unhealthy urge to starve yourself all day so that you feel freer to gorge on heaps of food later. That is not healthy behavior, so work on that. Eat when you're hungry, don't eat when you're not. I know a lot of people really get into this mindset like, oh, all of this food only happens once a year. That might kind of be true, but if you get really honest, it's really not true. If you want pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie, or turkey with mashed potatoes and gravy in May, you can make it happen if you really try. So don't act like there's just no other chance to eat this food. And you know I'm right. (laughs) So if you found this helpful, please leave a review for the show, share it with a friend, share it on social media. And since I don't have commercials, you can help keep it that way by supporting the show on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. And you can get stuff like recipes, resources, and extra videos in return. You can show your support in that way by going to patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson. And a very, very special thank you to my current Patreon supporters, Elise V, Tracy D, Zach R, Wendy C, Pamela P, Jaris H, and Carmina S. I love you for listening, and I care about your health, and I'm glad that you care about your health too. I'm Kelly Wilson, your health concierge, and until next time, breathe, stay no to food pushers, (laughs) stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.